welcome to Screen Watchers. Your, what was it, a Gamescast? Your Gamescast for all multi-platform news discussion and otherwise worthless banter. I'm Joey DeClara. I'm joined by the PvP purist, Ryan Skywalker. We were just talking about the NX. One of the NX rumors we were just discussing was that Nintendo... There's been a report released by GFK that uh, and a Twitter whistleblower sort of thing it's talking about... Uh, Nintendo's NX possibly working with smartphones, PCs, and even rival consoles such as the PlayStation 4, paraphrasing uh, Takashi's quote on January 20th. According to the rest of the survey provided by Twitter user Emily Rogers, Nintendo's console may have a free online service as well as a subscription option that includes more features for a yearly monthly fee. Uh, backwards compatibility is also mentioned as the survey ga- gauges interest in the ability to rent or purchase old games digitally, as well as support for previously owned digital and physical media. The original story was just the twit, the tweet okay. from uh, one Gibbo game or Gibbo game, whatever it is. But someone tweeted out saying, like, interesting, there's this report going around that uh, the NX is going to be compatible with other consoles or other platforms such as PC and PlayStation. Smartphones, too. And then, just recently, just checking in last night, IGN and Polygon had also reported, like, also, now there's some reports coming out, some leaked information about Nintendo releasing a two-part console. Like, first part's going to be this year. Next part, full hardware console, is going to be 2017. They were saying that there's going to be this portable device that's going to be released this year. And it's going to come out for, say, like $250 or something like that. Is that something that's going to compete with the Wii U? Or is it just going to be like almost like a DS update? The Wii U won't compete with anything anymore because the Wii U is dead. And it's Nintendo's. Nintendo's not going to compete with themselves, if that's what you mean. So what you're saying is they're releasing a portable console, a new portable console, and they're going to discontinue the Wii U or they're going to have it simultaneously with the Okay, Wii. no. The, I think... No, I think this is a mobile... We don't do know what think, this is. We don't know what this is. Do you is. think this thing will plug into a TV or not? I don't know. Let's let's have a quick look at something. One of the most popular theories about the NX uh, from the get-go has been that it will be a console that capitalizes on Nintendo's high-quality mobile device, the 3DS. Uh, look at that. M mean, capital it capitalizes on the 3DS. I'm talking about streaming. Like We already talked about this, right? On the last when I hear podcast. this, I just feel like Nintendo is so lost that they've They've jumped. They've jumped ship. Like they really don't know what they're doing at this point. What makes you think that? What could that even mean? Like, what do you think that means? So I was thinking, and we've discussed this before. I think that this is a a possibility where they're going to be releasing hardware. It will be competing with other home console hardware out there, PlayStation and Xbox, namely, and they will also, however, at the same time, be releasing their games as third-party developed games. I don't know if it's third-party technically. It's it's developed at home at Nintendo, that's but they fine. will be releasing I mean, that for possible, other consoles. But that's not what these articles are saying. These articles are saying that the NX, mm-hmm. the system they release, will work with the PlayStation 3 and smartphones. Right. To me, that is totally separate from we're going to release games for those platforms. Right, right. So, I certain I think that the, they'll be releasing games for other platforms, but yeah, you're you are right. The well, wording know, of this is different. Right. This is like 
what I'm confused about. We know that they're doing mobile games. I mean, mm-hmm. they're doing a big thing, big push into mobile games in 2016. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to really commit to that. Mm-hmm. Is that what this is? The no. NX is just their new brand? Mm-mm. No, definitely not. NX is hardware. They confirmed that. Uh, when they first unveil- when they first announced the title, the working title, NX, I forget what the meaning was. It was, I think, last year or maybe even earlier. They were doing a press conference that definitely wasn't a public event. It wasn't like a Nintendo Direct or anything. But they announced that they will be in partnership with mobile company mobile developer DNA, that's D-E-N-A, to be releasing Nintendo games. But not to worry, this does not mean that Nintendo is getting out of the hardware business. In fact, we already have a piece of hardware in works to a successor to the Wii U, and it's codenamed the NX. And ever since then, we've been talking about the NX. So at the same time, they they announced their uh, intentions to get into the mobile space and still getting dedicated hardware out to home console you know, consumers or whatever. Right. And you told me last week that you think they just cut off the Wii U multiple years ago mm-hmm. inside Nintendo and they moved all development to the NX. I definitely think so. I think that once they saw... The first fiscal year, they, they went from predicting... They projected something like 8 million, 7 million sold in one fiscal year, and then near the halfway point, of their first fiscal year of it being out on the market, they backpedaled to 2.3 million units sold. Once that happened, I bet you anything that Satoru Iwata said, back up, let's just go back. We're going to do a new console. We're going to get whatever we need to out on the Wii U to try and sustain ourselves or whatever, and we're going to start developing this new console. Right. So, like, what is that new console going to be? That's the question. Mm-hmm. And and here, here's the context. I mean... The PlayStation and Xbox are both really just PCs. Mm-hmm. They're like basically off-the-shelf graphics cards that are shoved into these like small mm-hmm. computers. Yep, and they're both being sold at a loss. We went over this like the other night. You said this. I don't know. If I you don't fully know understand. The, I don't know the when, numbers when, on this, but you apparently. This do. is something I've heard. This is common knowledge. When those consoles lost were were sold when they first came out, they were losing money on every system sold. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo's whole thing since the GameCube has been they don't lose money yep. on their consoles. They mm-hmm. made money on every Wii. They sold 100 million Wiis, right? Some crazy number. Yeah, yeah. And every single one netted them a profit. That's why they made so much money. Mm-hmm. And so, that's why their consoles are always subpar, subpar when compared to its contemporaries. Right. So do you think that this next console is going to be a total departure from that strategy where they go really big on the hardware? And do you even think they could compete in terms of hardware. I mean, for the next, for the last ten, five or ten years, Nintendo has exclusively been coming out with a new console to showcase a new way mm. to interact with a television. That's why I said last week, I don't think that this console can come out without a, a some kind of headset, some kind of VR or AR addition to it. I think that if they don't have that at launch next year, it's just going to seem... Like, they have not been paying attention for 30 years. Like, that is what is happening in 2016, mm. 2017. Mm. You can't just have a console, like a new console, come out and not see that trend, I feel like. I mean, the problem is, you nailed it right on the head. Nintendo has been disconnected with the entirety of the industry for ever since the... Honestly, ever since they kind of 
gave the finger to PlayStation, to Sony, I mean, when they revealed at a conference that they won't be partnering with Sony, but rather Philips for their next console. This was during the Super Nintendo life, life cycle. Place, Sony didn't know until they heard it announced. It was like a huge slap in the face. Ever since then, they've been really disconnected with the entire industry, whether it's consumers, whether it's third-party developers, they're always disconnected. That's one reason why I don't think it'll be a headset. Another reason is because uh, Nintendo of America president recently, during one of the tech conventions, or one of the video games slash tech conventions, possibly E3, was asked about VR, and he said, I don't see it as a very interesting thing. It's very antisocial. It, I don't see it as something that gamers are going to be enjoying. Totally disconnected. Totally just like, you are an idiot. Like, if you really think that. He's not an idiot, of course. Reggie was probably a very intelligent man. He runs an entire company. You know, I won't pretend to think that, that you know, an idiot can get your way into that chair. But if you don't see, like you said, that that is the way this industry is going, then you have a serious disconnect. I certainly don't think it'll be a headset, that's for sure. So you, well, so what people are saying and what these leaks are saying is that it's going to work with the existing consoles and also mobile. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I, I really have no understanding of what that means. I mean, like they could put it games out on the consoles like you're saying. Uh-huh. They could stream, like you've told me before, you think that they could potentially stream the games from a data center, uh-huh. which I think is just absurd. I don't think Nintendo has the resources to do that. Or the capability to do that. Those. Well, what makes you think they do have? They technically a lot have in the enough bank. money to do it, but they it would have to be an incredible, large, incredibly large project that was going on behind the scenes that no one knows about. Mm-hmm. Just like an insanely long <laughs> development time yeah. for them to do that internally. I mean, Sony couldn't do it. They bought a company that did it. But that's the thing. They bought a company. Right. They Nintendo didn't do, didn't do that. I, we don't, we don't Sony, know d- Nintendo does things differently, you know. I mean, I don't know the go- the ins and outs of having to develop technology like if that. Nintendo I don't think Sony necessarily, sorry, but I don't think no, Sony necessarily bought the company because they couldn't do it themselves. So Nintendo is shit at doing online services. They don't have dedicated servers right, for Right, but this, this could be their turnaround for a million things. It, it could be for would th- be such a coup if Nintendo, like, became... Are great at online services. <laughs> they are not good at them. That is their thing. They're they're horrible. That is such a specific thing to be good at. Mm-hmm. The people at PlayStation were not good at it. They could not have built that themselves. PlayStation to do that would have had to hire hundreds of engineers uh-huh. to work on that project. They didn't. It would be it would have been too big of an investment. Yeah, it was true. easier that's for them to true. just buy this company. Uh-huh. If Nintendo was hiring 50 engineers a day to do this, we would know about it. Mm. That is something that can't be coming. I mean, if it, if it did, it would be an incredible coup. Mm. But I don't think that is, that is what's happening. I think, though, going back to the idea of if whether or not they're trying to get uh, dedicated hardware that's you know above the standards right now, or at least on par with standards, talking about that specifically, I think they're absolutely doing that because they recently announced very... Uh, obtuse like announcement I think it was actually Iwata before he passed Uh, I'm not sure though I don't really know who announced this I could be totally wrong anyway they recently made an announcement saying that the NX will be supporting industry leading chips and like high excellent tech you know and processing power and things like that 
Uh, something to that effect. That's just so, what companies say when yeah, they're companies, behind the ball. Sure, that's <laughs> true. That's true. But honestly, I do – the way they've been – just everything about this pre-production uh, PR, like the way that they've been announcing things, it's so like we have like this great thing. We can't wait for you to see it. Like obviously that's something you say. But they – I don't know. For some reason it rubs me as they really do have something interesting this time. They could ab- absolutely not. It could be another Wii. It could be even another Wii U, and they could be totally dropping the ball. But looking at this, it is very much along the lines of what a lot of people have thought, you know, bringing mobile and home console gaming into the same space. And something about being able to work with PS4, Xbox One, or PS4 and PC, things like that, very interesting. Again, I still think there's going to be a subscription service or just a streaming service of some point, par, uh, some uh, some kind. But if it is that the NX, the hardware NX, will be capable of working with PS4 or something like that, I envision in my mind very vaguely some kind of some kind of connected, like a piece of hardware that can attach itself to these different pieces of hardware, just a little USB something that is the NX, that is this portable version of the NX that's apparently coming out this year. That would be pretty incredible. That, that could also work with the official hardware home console NX. How much would you pay for a Nintendo streaming service? Like a monthly payment where what you got from the service was access to every Nintendo game pre three or four years ago. Well, it can't just be, oh... Like it just, would be, just the how much would you reason. pay every old game? I here's the thing, I wouldn't. Here's the problem. You wouldn't is pay that, if you could have Ocarina of know. Time on every new system. All these old games, Mario uh, Kart, Super Smash. Would you pay? I've spent some five dollars a month. I, I Brian. Okay, so sure, five to ten dollars a month. I would pay. Okay, that's so you not a hundred dollars a year for the rest of your life for full access, and they would always update every game for every new hardware that came out in the future. Me and Nintendo need to make up first. That's what I'm going to say. Wii U bit us in the ass. I swear Zelda Wii U is going to bite us in the ass. That's going to be like supremely better on this new console or something. Or it may not even come out on the Wii U. I don't think that's the case. They've said far too many times over and over. But it could be subpar compared to its NX counterpart. I really think that they need to consider that how they've hurt their dedicated fans who bought the Wii U and who like the Wii U and who have, you know, paid, you know, paid top dollar for every game because they don't sell them for cheap. You know, they always keep them at $60 retail or whatever. What if this service that I came up with, Nintendo sells a Bluetooth controller that works with Android and iPhone for 50 bucks and for $5 a month. Now you can play every Nintendo game on your phone as well. This is, this is an excited about that. I mean, that's what they're talking about. Being able to play games on mobile. Right. But I don't see them just letting you buy, like, expanding the virtual can- console to the app stores. That seems crazy to me. I don't think that they're going to do that. But the idea that you could play every game for a flat fee is something that mm-hmm. would be pretty cool. I think that's a lot of where the industry is going, but no one has opened up to quite yet. The idea of just all digital, right? There was the... Uh, NX had filed a patent for a piece of hardware that did not have an optical drive. That was around the news a couple months ago. Uh, Again, patents don't always come through. They just kind of have an idea and they just uh, put it in as kind of a placeholder sort of thing, like just in case we have this great idea and it never comes to fruition. 
but it everything that we see, if they're all connected to something that is real, which will be the NX, points to all digital and streamlined to anything you can get your hands on, plus NX, which is a home hardware system that supports that, plus can get third-party developers in, and it's just a place where gamers can go if they haven't already jumped to next-gen, as it were. You know, who hasn't already bought a PS4? Who hasn't bought an Xbox One? They can buy this NX. It'll have all the third-party games on there. It'll have some sort of streaming to your phone thing or whatever. I don't know. I still don't know. You know I think we're a little closer than when we started the discussion, but we're going to have to wait and see. This is not mm-hmm. something we're going to be able to for discern sure. with this information. We will, we will definitely see almost everything they have planned by E3 this year, and I'm sure before then we'll find out. Let's say next month or at the latest March, I think we'll find out what's going on. Drop the next topic on us. Games of 2016. Are you excited for 2016 and gaming? Absolutely. I just got myself a PC rig with all these 2008 games on it, so it's going to be a great year. You get to go back and play them. <laughs> no, there's some great games coming out 2016. Okay. Let's go over quickly, like, what's the number one most exciting game that you're, you're, number one, you're right. thinking about? Well, here's the thing. There's a lot coming out very, very soon, which I'm very excited for. I'm excited for the PlayStation 4 exclusive Uncharted 4. Okay. Currently playing the Uncharted series on PlayStation 4, the, the Nathan Drake collection. All these P- PlayStation 3 games that I never played because I was an Xbox 360, uh, Xbox 360 guy. Love these games. They're fantastic. Had played Last of Us uh, two years ago. One of my favorite games of all time. Very excited for Uncharted. Also incredibly excited for a game coming out next week. Little, tiny okay. little game called The Witness. The Witness. Yeah. We talked about that in our deleted. In our in our forgotten episode, never to be heard again. Yeah. Witness, very, very excited for. Cautiously excited, though. Because really haven't seen enough of what it is. And really, you know, it disappeared off the face of the earth for a little while. Kind of, you know, there's a little trepidation there. But excited for The Witness. After that... Excited just to see The Last Guardian, because just what is this game? Why did it take over 10 years to develop? Most excited as far as what hopefully will come out Q3, Q4 of 2016, Horizon New Dawn. A, uh, Never heard of it. A Horizon Zero Dawn, sorry. It's a PlayStation 4 exclusive as well, created by Guerrilla Games, uh, developer for PlayStation, normally made all the, mostly made all the Killzone games. And finally is breaking from the Killzone tradition, making a new open RPG dinosaur robot crazy game. That okay. looks excellent. So that's, that's that's something I'm very excited for. And then a lot of indie titles I'm excited for as well. 
I'm into No Man's Sky. That's like what I'm mm-hmm. what I'm waiting for in 2016. All right, so Polycon came out with this article today, mm-hmm. top 100 exciting games of 2016. I, it wasn't today. It was. It's been out for. I a saw while. it today. Okay, you saw it. Today. So it came out on my computer today. <laughs> and there's some cool categories here. So you go through, read these categories to the people. Okay. So this is again Polygon, written by Colin Campbell. He is uh, well, at least the first abstract, obviously. A huge undertaking. These are the top 100 games Polygon is excited for this year, 2016. We have them illustrated in uh, separate categories with some really cute illustrations uh, to kind of sum them up. There's the big stories, which, oh, big story games, competitive games, creepy games, exploration, gray matter, which I'm going to jump into first, I think, because I don't know what the hell that means. Magical. Mayhem. Mayhem, there's a picture of the a guy grabbing a girl and tearing her face, and there's another face inside of it. Really, really gruesome looking. But it's cartoonish, so Incredible. really intense. Nintendo, which gets its own little thing by itself. Old school and ooh pretty. So what have you looked at in this list? Here? I only looked at the multiplayer. That's the one I want to talk about, right. the competitive. But the PvP purists, Ryan Skywalker. Talking about every category. So you want to talk about the gray matter. Well, I want to, well, I want to just see what that means, honestly. I don't know what gray matter is. All right, I will go through. I think of Breaking Bad. You know more about these games than I do. Mm-hmm. You follow these a little more closely. So gray matter, first one in the category, The Witness. The Witness, there you go. Jonathan Blow. So... Gray matter, games that make you think. So gray matter in terms of your brain. Oh, okay. Got it. Like, this is the puzzle category. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So The Witness. Everyone at home should watch The Witness trailer if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Abduction? That's the next game. Not at all. Raised $1.3 million on Kickstarter in 2013. Scheduled to come out this year. Pretty crazy looking puzzle game. Uh-huh. Have you heard of Wadham? No. Another puzzle game. We don't really follow God, puzzle I don't, games I don't know any of these games. Too closely. Persona 5, though. Persona 5, you not know a that. puzzle game. A, a, an RPG. game that makes you think, though. An R- it's an RPG. Right. It's an excellent JRPG. Well, Persona 4, Golden, was an excellent JRPG. Persona 5 should be fantastic, hopefully. Next one is Oxenfree. You played Oxenfree, right? I did. It's very good. You liked it? Yes. What did you like about it? I liked... Uh, it was a nice, campy, weekend game sort of thing. Uh, it was funny. Gave you a lot of cool choices. Very cool style. Very cool horror. Uh, I don't know, like, mystery style. Some really cool horror... Some really cool horror visuals that only can be effective through a video game. We talked about Oxenfree last week, but I had never seen it. I was explaining it to you only having heard about it. Right, interesting. So it didn't live up to my explanation. Absolutely not, no. Totally different from what you explained. I re-listened to the podcast, and I actually think it was very accurate. Okay, sure. Sure. So everyone hopes you look at the trailer for The thing is, you had had said that Oxenfree's gameplay integrates with, is integrated into the story perfectly. It is. I don't consider the choices of, like... Uh, and this is probably my own issue. This is probably a misconception of mine, but I don't consider gameplay to be a good descriptive word for what you do in Oxenfree, choosing your dialogue. Obviously, that's gameplay, but there is that's no not what I think gameplay. of. You're just moving through the world. Exactly. And the entire game is you interacting with this story. Exactly. And that doesn't, but, but when you say that that's gameplay, it doesn't feel like a game to me. Oxenfree, however, is definitely a game. I wouldn't suggest that it's not. 
It's not like a non-game, as I've just rambled on about before. Very good game. All right, let's move on to competitive. This is the category I'm, yes, I'm interested in. Ryan, the PvP purist. All right, so number one, Overwatch. Overwatch, right. Boom. I'm going to pre-order Overwatch. I think it's going to be the pre-order. only... Pre-order? Ryan doesn't pre-order game games. I'm going to pre-order. My yeah. God. I'm going to buy the digital edition for $39. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's a $60... That It's not a lot of money. That's not a lot at all, but like the fact that you would pay more yeah. than $15 for a game is beyond me. I want to play Overwatch. I mean, it, it's a Blizzard... Mm-hmm. Um, Shooting but game. It's not bad. And it looks... Arena like, shooter. Arena yeah. shooter, yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks interesting. I haven't played any of it. Our friend Mark has played plenty of Overwatch, has spoken about it on our sister podcast, The Fuster Cluck. What about Battleborn? Battleborn, another arena shooter. I don't know if I'm excited for the arena shooter because I don't really know how it would feel to play these kinds of games. I'm rough on competitive shooters in general because I'm terrible at them, mostly. And I haven't played a lot of PC competitive anything. Overwatch oh. should be coming to console, apparently, though. Yeah. And Battleborn is definitely coming to Actually console. Actually, crazy. I didn't think it was going to come to console. Overwatch really? recently, not recently, past couple months was announced to be coming to console, yeah. What about Paragon? Paragon? No. Third-person 5v5 arena battle game. These are all mostly arena battle games. Okay, yeah. I like those kind of games. Plant vs. Zombies 2. Not excited at all. Not excited me either. Yeah. I like Plants vs. Zombies, though. Well, this is Plants Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. Garden Warfare. Didn't play yeah, that That one. is a sort of another arena shooter, you know, uh, MOBA-esque shooter, uh, class-based, um, much more simplified and, and uh, casual for, like, kids, things like that. It was reviewed respectively. A lot of people liked it. I just have no interest in... Plants vs. Zombies or Plants vs. Zombie Gone Warfare. I never played it before, and I don't really have any interest in it. So Next one I'm pretty excited about. Mm. Have you ever heard of or played any of Orcs Must Die? No, I heard of it. Okay, let me explain what it is. So remember at the last, the end of last week when we were interviewing, we talked about the paring down of the real-time strategy genre mm-hmm. into more simple forms? Mm-hmm. So Orcs Must Die, and so Orcs Must Die is essentially a single-player MOBA, mm-hmm. but in a third-person action game. Mm. So you run around this game, you can build towers to deal with waves of enemies, but they're coming in very complex, like, sort of Mm. uh, arrangements. So you have to defend a base by running around and dealing with just, like, waves of really easy-to-kill enemies. Uh You could shoot them or blow them up or build towers. Sure. This new Works Must Die Unchained uh, is going to have like a multiplayer component. So there's going to be, oh, okay. be able to have two teams. So it's going to be like more like a MOBA, mm-hmm. but with the controls of a third-person action game mm-hmm. and the freedom to build things sure. in the world. Is it PvP or is it it's like cooperative? It's going to be a, a PvP, I okay. believe. All right, yeah. You'll be able to attack as well as defend. Mm-hmm. I'm always more excited about the single-player experiences or the cooperative experiences than the, the uh, competitive games. Because competitive games, you know, they're only as good as I am, basically. But you're I don't great, enjoy you're games. You're a great as well. player. I mean, when we play single player games, you murder people. Sure. I mean, I murder you. Yeah. I don't murder, like, people online, though. Online, I kind of stink. Like, you know, I play a lot of Halo, and that's pretty much as far as it goes, as far as competitive stuff goes. Play a lot of Rocket League, play Hearthstone on the casual, you know, not all the time. I've Other than that, not about too Drawn many. to Death. 
Yeah, I saw. So really cool art style, third person shooter or first person shooter? I think it's third person. Yeah, so you know, cool little indie with a a weird style. The thing is, I I don't get excited by these games that aren't really pushing. Like this doesn't look like it's pushing anything. It's just really cool art style with a you know derivative game style. Looks okay. cool. You know, no, nah, it's pretty cool. I thought. Yeah, it looks cool. I there's nothing compelling me to be like, what's going on with Drawn to Death? I need to know like what's the update on that. You know, too many exciting things coming on right now to for me to be excited about that. Okay, so what about Doom? The new Doom is so when out. I say things that are derivative and repetitive, Doom is totally excluded because I am excited for Doom for sure. So but then Doom took looks, over the franchise. I didn't know that. Yeah, they had bought the company. What's the company called? It or IP? It, or, IT. It's IT, IT. Yeah. They had bought the company uh, ages ago, I think, and they revealed a f- while ago at an expo, I think Comic-Con or something like that, they had revealed the Doom gameplay to just Doom fans that were there at the convention, did not release it to the internet, then finally released it to E3. And I didn't see this trailer. Ga- Was game it sweet? looks so good. Looks, It's exactly Doom. It's exactly what you expect. Uh, just blowing up demons. There's like, you know, you have to pick up your uh, ammo. I, I don't know. It's just loot. It's just the same play of like killing de- demons and like totally explosively crazy and stuff. Definitely doesn't look like it's doing anything new and exciting. So this but is what looks great. An executive says for a player who's only played Call of Duty, I hope they pick it up and have a fresh, exhilarating experience that maybe they haven't had before. If you're someone who's only played Doom and Quake, I think they'll also feel this is something familiar, but there's a lot of new stuff mm. that's even more addictive. So I actually played Doom on the PC when it Doom came one. out. Doom. You Doom. played Doom when it came out? I came How Doom. old were we when oh, it came out? I was out? like eight, I think. Oh my God. I played Doom <laughs> as a little kid on my PC. And you shouldn't have been. <laughs> and it was sweet. It was really cool. Absolutely. Do you know yeah. the ending of Doom? I beat Doom. Oh, I never played the campaign. So the ending of the original Doom is you go into a, multiplayer. A, a portal to hell. Uh-huh. That you cannot win. There's an infinite number of boxes. It's like a horde mode, just like of just like it. hell. It was the first horde mode, but you could never win. That's you would just <laughs> run out of ammo and die. And they were all the hardest monsters. You usually die with the first few seconds. That's incredible. It was a fruitless game. You just end up in the worst circle of hell. That's and amazing. you realize that life is pointless. And life is pointless. You're just gonna go to hell. I learned when I was a kid. That's a great thing to learn at eight years old. I'm pretty pretty impressed. It's probably why you're so progressive. It's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to hell at some point anyway. All right, so we did multiplayer. I thought there'd be more exciting. I guess I have to get into these arena shooters. That's the big thing. All right, sure. There's great arena shooters coming out. There's great single player indies coming out. Puzzlers, I understand. So do you, let let me give you two options. Do you want to talk about exploration or big stories? I, what are the big story games coming out? Because we need to get you a good narrative driven game. Stanley Parable was certainly one. <laughs> I liked Stanley Parable. Stanley a lot. Parable was fantastic. That was a great game. Hilarious game. So the Last Guardian, the last. Well, we'll see. I don't know if that's true. I, maybe big stories is like it's a big deal because Last Guardian was just uh, in development hell for what, a decade. No, this is a, a narrative, these are like a narrative-based game. They transport us to new places. They're telling big stories. That's been the ideal for many developers since the time of yours. We'll Revenge, come. We'll come remember. back to my issue with Last Guardian later. Okay, uh, Uncharted Four. You already talked about. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Very good. Uh, let's see, Horizon Zero Dawn. There you go. 
Never heard of it. So we were just talking about this game. It was okay. the open world game where you're, you're this native girl who's like, you know, bow and arrow sort of thing. It's post-apocalyptic, post-post-apocalyptic, they've called it. Like after the fallout, after the, you know, uh, civilization just fully dies out, then it uh, civilization comes back to a return to like tribal uh, civilization sort of thing. And they're the cyborg robot dinosaur type things right and you don't know okay. why they're around it just looks like excellent gameplay it's an rpg third person action rpg sort of thing really excited for that one for sure okay i'm into that playstation 4 exclusive we talked a lot <laughs> last night about uh, an rpg where you just have to deal with serious bullet sponges mm-hmm. is that the kind of game this is going to be or a game it... called tom clancy the division no that it doesn't look like it it's much more mechanically driven uh, like the so there's gameplay footage out they released a whole demo um, at E3 and then another one I think at PSX and basically you're battling mostly what you're seeing is hunting these dinosaur robot things robots or cyborgs that look like dinosaurs and they have weak spots where you get critical damage things like that you need to hunt them for parts for like upgrades things like that very RPG but just looks incredible very open, it's a single player, pure experience, and just looks great and looks like a lot of fun based on like the tactical the tactical strategy needed to take down a monster while also having the correct stats and RPG stuff. Okay. So That's definitely cool. more complicated than like the okay, this hitbox on the head is way more uh, susceptible to critical damage than say your body parts or whatever. So seems more complicated than the division. I was trying to explain this to you before. I guess I didn't do a really good job, but I can imagine a future where these RPGs get so complicated and the hitboxes get so small mm-hmm. that it really is just like an action game. See, like but talking it, about action games and stuff, like RPGs are delving into action games. We we talked about this also last last time that like RPGs and uh, action games and Twitch-based games, skill-based games are kind of meshing together and they're kind of doing this balancing act. Some games have more RPG than skill-based. Some are vice versa. Right. But this division, I feel like, is a very crude beginnings of that. Like, I looked mm. at it and I was like, this is kind of like a joke. Again, the I feel like my feelings on Ubisoft as a develop, as, as a an amalgamation of development companies, multiple teams working on multiple games, None of them seem very compelling to me. The division is cool looking, but again, there there isn't a lot that's totally new. We we have seen this stuff before. All right. Okay. The next one is Dishonored Two. I know you hated Dishonored, so we don't have to talk about You're Dishonored an Two. Right? <laughs> we can just skip that one. Dishonored cool. Two probably not coming out this year, but if it does, I will lose my mind. I'm stupid excited for that game. Okay. I never played Dishonored, but you keep telling me to play you it. should absolutely play it. What about uh, the new Mass Effect? Yeah, and Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, I never finished the Mass Effect series. I played two only, actually. Feel like I feel like we go through this list and we're just losing credibility because, one, we don't know half of the games, and then the ones we do, it's like, I played Mass Effect 2 and I loved it. It was a great game. Like, incredible game. I never, like, went back to play one mm-hmm. and then never finished up by playing three. I mean, three. I played... About 10 hours of one, most of it, I was lost in an airport, in a space airport. Didn't continue. You're lost all the time in games, so I can't... I have hard time taking your word and, like, believing... I don't know. I have a hard time 
valuing your opinion on certain games when you say I got lost 10 minutes into the game. It's like because you don't read and because you don't try I to like, get through the game. I got lost in the space airport. I finally got out of the airport into the open world of the space. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was done with it, I was like, this is crazy. Spent I spent mean, too much time in the airport. Mass Effect 1 is definitely uh, not a polarizing game. A lot of people like, most people I hear, most people in my experience like 2 better. Uh, three is very good. Everyone seems to agree. There was whole controversy on the ending. A lot of people didn't like how it ended. Some people I know didn't um, like the ending. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, because it was supposed to be the summation of all your choices sort of thing. Anyway, and then one was the most RPG-esque. That's the thing. That's what's interesting. We were just talking about this. Mass Effect is a perfect example. It started off very hardcore RPG, from what I hear. Two was a very great balance of both, in my opinion, but did definitely lend towards the shooter uh, side of things as like an actual action shooter rather than an RPG. And then Mass Effect 3 apparently is basically a shooter. I should probably play Mass Effect 2 because I hear the story's very good. Mass Effect 2 is a great game. It's mostly just a fun shooter. Mm-hmm. Had not played or heard much of Mass Effect 1. I just went into a GameStop one day. This is, this is such an old thing I did. Like back in the day, before there was IGN like just right in your face before there was you know when there was only Nintendo power really and even before that you know you the way you got a video game was you went into a store and like which black box art looked awesome what did the clerk say was an awesome game what are your friends playing stuff like that that was basically it and then now that shouldn't be the thing but I went to GameStop one year and I was just like, I need a game to hold me over till I forget what came out. I forget what I was waiting for. Maybe Skyrim or something. I don't know. I forget the chronology of these two games. I was waiting for something to come out. And I was like, I need something to hold me over. What's like the greatest game out right now, dude? And he was he did not wait for a second. Turned around, grabbed a game off the shelf, slammed it on his desk. He's like, you play this game right now. And I'm like, well, I didn't play Mass Effect 1. He's like, doesn't matter. This game's incredible. And I did. And it was excellent. That's sweet. We're going to lose that very soon. Like, that's... Yeah, that, like literally last time. last time I think I'll ever do that. Just go into a GameStop and ask. I don't ask people for their opinions. I just make podcasts about my own. <laughs> the next category, I think we should talk about this last category, exploration. I said last week, <laughs> don't like exploring in games. Yeah. But then I also said this week that No Man's Sky, most anticipated game mm-hmm. of the year. I am okay with exploring in games if there's no goal. If the entire game is just random exploring, mm-hmm. what I don't like is searching for something and having to find it before progression. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mass Effect is just totally, I mean, No Man's Sky is just totally open exploring. I'm very excited about that. You could do anything in that game. That's true. And that is cool. I really want to try that. I I think it sounds cool. I swear, like, you still need to give me something to do in this game. Just a little something. Because here's the thing. I think a lot of your love for that type of game comes from Minecraft. We were talking about this. Minecraft, I wish we had talked, we we don't, uh, we talked about Minecraft Education Edition. That was so good, we lost it. Anyway, your love for this exploration uh, factor to games and, and unbound, you know, self-directed achievements and goals and things like that, I think stems from Minecraft. That's like the perfect game for you. But Minecraft, you can do anything you want, essentially. You, I can't think of anything you can't really do. No Man's Sky, there, like, there's no building mechanic. There's no, there's, there's no creation tool. 
there's doesn't seem to be these portals to we'll see you know you the netherworld do. or whether and bosses and things like that. But there's, what's cool there's about no loot except for the element on. system. There's a lot there's of loot. There. there are clearly alien civilizations that exist that you can interact with. Yeah, but they're not alien. No, not alien civilizations. I haven't seen anything like you that. You haven't seen twenty ships drop out of hyperspace in the, in every. Yeah, but those are supposed to be players. No, those what? are supposed to be NPCs. You think so? Yes. There's supposed to be NPCs. There's going to be wars going on. There's going to be things. Those aren't players. Wars going on? Yeah. So there's going to be written dialogue? I don't know. Because that's it's a lot billions of, of planets. There's a lot of, of unknowns in this game. Exactly. I think Way too many. Like if it's coming Animal out in Crossing June? type dialogue where it's like... Burr, 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 burr. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah. <laughs> no, Animal Crossing still had written dialogue. Right, but I think it's just going to be that. I understand it's not voiced, doing... fine, but I mean there's billions of planets that would kind of kill the expansiveness of it if you're just if you start seeing repeated material coming up in spoken dialogue Listen, i really don't know i'm very excited for the promise of it we'll see what happens i don't know what they promise they promise there's i i'm i am excited to see what this game is i still don't know what it is even though it's coming out in june what about Mirror's Edge Catalyst? You like Mirror's Edge, right? Loved Mirror's Edge. I'm I like Mirror's I, Edge a lot. I got lost. A, I'm definitely, yep, yep, there you go. Got Eventually. lost. I like the idea of uh, just devoting st- directly to a first-person game directly to something like just platforming mechanics, first-person platforming mechanics. Definitely very dizzying. I would love to see something like that in VR. That would be yeah. insane. That would be incredible. Yeah. An, yeah. Open, an open world of Mirror's Edge is really all I would want. I don't know if it's going to be that good because Mirror's Edge was a great game. I liked it a lot. It definitely had its flaws, and being having the luxury of containing your player into a linear space makes for it allows for making a great experience much easier because you can compact it to this one thing. Putting it in an open world sounds awesome on paper, hard to uh, execute for sure. So we'll see again. What about Crackdown? Did you play Crackdown? No, never played Crackdown. So you don't care about Crackdown? I bought three? Crackdown 1 for the Halo 3 uh, right. beta and never played it. I literally thought it was like, oh, it's just this knockoff GTA, like, crazy game just to get this so that they could charge $60 for a Halo 3 beta. That's literally what I thought. I was an idiot. It's like, no, this was a developed game by a team that, like, made this game and put hours of their lives into, and people love Crackdown 1. Yeah. Was disappointed I played a little by bit of two, apparently. Yeah. Like in a store. Uh-huh. Played it oh, for like an hour. For, okay, whatever. <laughs> played it for like an hour. It was fun. You jump around. Like yeah, you can jump like crazy. It's it a cool. big open world and stuff. You can kill whatever you want. People it's, love Crackdown, actually. Yeah, people, people are a lot of people hardcore fans of Crackdown. Apparently, it's an incredible game. Crackdown 2, not so much from what I've heard. What about this new Far Cry, Primal? No, I'm I'm fatigued on You're Pri- out. Far Cry right now. You yeah. were out almost on the new one after you bought it. You were like, I love Far Cry 3. Love Far Cry 3, but everything feels... I need for an open world like that... I need, my own needs, for an open world like Far Cry to feel more real ever since playing Dishonored. In Dishonored, you can teleport yourself to any, like, platform. You can clamber up to any platform. Everything feels so incredibly real. And it's such an excellent sandbox that Far Cry just feels a little too artificial. Whenever you go to stab something, it goes to this janky cutscene. Dishonored, similar thing, but the cutscenes are so fluid, it really feels like you're this superhero. Far Cry Primal is a cool twist on their format, but um, honestly, yeah, just I was done on Far Cry. Far Cry 4 was cool. Played it a little before 
getting, uh, I bought it, didn't like it, then went back to it before I had gotten Metal Gear Solid Five because I was craving that I need to take out down outposts. And it does that well. Ubisoft always does that well. Taking down the outposts, expanding your, your uh, what, fog of war sort of map thing. You know, just check boxes, giving you that itch. Far Cry's cool, but I'm a little done on that in general. I heard there was good multiplayer in Far Cry. Like, you could jump on if you have two PS4s and, like, you play, oh, right. play in the over Co- Cooperative, yeah. Just for fun. Yeah, that's cool, but, you know, an uncompelling world and not, not a very pretty world as far as I was concerned. A lot of people talked about how good-looking it was. I, I'm spoiled now. I had GTA and Last of Us come out in the same year. Like, now, You're always there are like no this pretty with games. games where you're like, these games doesn't look that good. People say it's great. <laughs> not even that good. That's not, I don't know if that's true. I feel like you've been like that your whole life. You're I like, think Oxen... Oh, really? You're just like, these games... Not I even thought that Zelda... Good. I thought Zelda looked amazing. Majora's Mask, that expansion pack. This looks incredible. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so those are 2016. I'm excited for sure. Have plenty well, to be excited about. Should be a good year. You can just do one. We could just it? we could just say that we're wrapping it up. Yeah, yeah. Right? Wrapping it up. We're wrapping it up. All right. So we'll see you next week, I assume, right? Yeah. Same bad time, same bad channel? We can't do that, can we? I think that's like... Oh, well.